Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad you're joining us today. Super excited. You know what we would be even more excited about? What? If you went to Apple or Spotify and left Just us a review. starting in early with the I plug, am. huh? Please, for the love of God. Holy cats. Yeah. Can you explain, Brody? Because I can't. What does that do for us? So, I mean, the the reviews are great. Uh, when you start a podcast, that you have all of these algorithms that, or demographics that some people can track and some can't, or some uh, most people can only track like location, right? So you're like geo pinged or whatever it's called. Um, so we know how many people are listening in Nebraska or New York or Sioux Falls or whatever. Um, but the reviews really help to elevate like, hey, you might like this on the other. So when I listen to all of my Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, then <laughs> Apple, you know, pushes up like, hey, you might like this other stuff. So if you're listening to other mental health podcasts and then uh, which you someone, should not be ever. Well, Why are you, if you listening just to anybody else? Found us, then welcome aboard. <laughs> but it, it helps other people Buckle find up. it and uh, helps to grow the audience. So please, shamelessly, we beg of you. I have to tell you guys something. Oh, okay, wait. I got to tell you. So, you know, <laughs> I grew up in Chicago and Scottsdale, Arizona. Right. So wait a minute. Let me, I'm going to knock you off your stool. So the other two nights this week, mm-hmm. I went with my husband and my oh, no. son to the farm because my husband's a sheep producer. Mm-hmm. So we loaded if, if only Sorry, this could on. be a is TikTok it, video. Is, is that it a TikTok his, video? Oh, it could be. Is Thank that you, his Brody. preferred term, sheep producer, or is he a sheeper? No, like, it's a I, sheep producer. Sheep That's producer. his perverted. He pre- he perverted. Preferred. Preferred term. Perverted. Preferred, preferred term. term. <laughs> his pronouns are he and sheep producer. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh! Oh, you. <laughs> If you could only visualize this, you guys. So my son is getting the lambs from the field, mm-hmm. right? And my husband is inside with the hot pokey thing, getting them to line up. I have a pokey thing that's not electrical because so I can't many. do it. Oh, but I can do a baton like no other. So I'm like doing baton. The, sh- the semi driver, poor guy, came all the way from God knows where, probably California, literally. So there's four of us, 300 lambs we had to get in that semi. I'm not kidding With you. Your hot and, then, pokey thing? and around me are the three. No, that never mind. You I'm called it your hot pokey thing. I am not even going to go there. I'm using your words. Okay. Anyway, so and we have three great Pyrenees. We have beautiful mm, giant Pyrenees beautiful. dogs, and my son's Pyrenees Newfoundland dog. So they're all around, like kind of sleepily watching and going. God, these people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Three hundred lambs we got on the semi two nights in a row. Wow. No problems. I mean, wow. It's because I was there. I'm telling you. You're I amazing. Was, I know. I was yeah. like the answer to All the it takes to make that a TikTok is for you to whip out your cellular device, your your telephone. Her, and wait, her rip. apple or her banana? <laughs> <laughs> Get, <laughs> I, I don't know what fruit I can say without making it dirty. Get out your kumquat and then just uh, record a video of it and you'll be fine. And then you can upload it to the, to the TikTok. 
my gosh, you guys. All right, we better get started. Brody's got to get kids to jujitsu. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. So, too legit to commit, Fran. I love it. Okay, fantastic factoid. Brody, what is it called when you can't commit to a relationship? Any guesses? Like a, a clinical term? Yeah. Non-committal disorder? No, it's a phobia. Don't give me a Oh, term. a phobia? I have... <laughs> Uh, Becky's trying to n- cheat. Not, not, a, not a gonna do it. A phobia. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Italian. Not a gonna eat the food. <laughs> All right. It's gamophobia, a fear or commitment or fear of marriage that can prevent people from having meaningful relationships. This is from the Greek word for marriage, gamos. Many psychology experts consider commitment to be the foundation if you want a satisfying and long-lasting relationship. Okay, let's just talk about this for half a second, though. Gamos, games, Greek word for marriage. Greek word for monopoly. Yes. See? <gasps> I think we just went somewhere what? with that. There we go. I don't know where you went with that. We do. I, we, we, <laughs> followed, we followed each other. Becky and I were so there, and you okay. were like, I don't no. know, rubbing Marriage your beard. is a great big game. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Got it. Got yep. it. A game that you eventually flip the table on and tell grandma to go fuck off. And then yeah. you die. Yeah, and then you die. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> don't forget to leave us a review. <laughs> All right, but really think about that. Commitment means it goes back to your wedding vows. Like, you know, I know, I know we said them out loud, Becky, there's no turning back. But anyway, okay. That is what commitment means. Okay. You said it. Well, let's talk about Dr. Dr. Joseph's PhD. I don't know who this person is, but they got their doctorate. Yay them. Mm -hmm. Um, They say commitment is a choice and moves you past the initial chemistry. So that's your endorphins and the dopamine and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And the miso honey. (laughs) Keeping it classy here at Sheep Wrap. <laughs> this, this episode brought to you by the Sheep Producers of America. Please and Fran's, tune in. Fran's hot pokey thing. <laughs> anyway, the chemistry that brought you together and keeps you bonded after the initial bliss wars off. Because um, if you've listened to our relationship episodes we've talked about, that's about 18 to 24 months mm-hmm. max. In so, our homes, it was like two weeks. Yeah. Well, no, we were teenagers. It was like four years because there was hormones in there too. Yeah. Uh, Commitment may be the most critical component of a successful long-term relationship. And I love that because commitment, critical, Mm long-term, it's kind of an oxymoron in a way. Okay. What do you mean by that? Connect the dots, Becky. Well, so commitment is critical to a long-term. You have to be committed to have long-term. Long-term equals commitment. So they're saying the same thing. Okay. That's what I think anyway. It is. It's kind of like brainwashing. That's not what oxymoron means. It's more oh, like, did I use it wrong? Yeah, okay. It's more like it's redundant. Redundant. Thank you. Mm, there you Thank go. Thank you. Look at you. Maybe I'm an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the moron. Maybe I'm just a moron. Moron. <laughs> so why do Franny Banani, can I call you that? I do. I know you can. <laughs> you can call me You anything. don't have a choice now. I know. Francine. Yes. Why no, does, God, no. <laughs> why do some Oh, people, that gave me PTSD. Fran. Yes. Two ends, one E. Okay. Why do some people fear commitment? Because according to Jesse Levin, PhD, some people just don't want to be in a long-term monogamous relationship like ever, Ever. like forever. And here's why. Because to some people, this means a lot of responsibility. And for some, it can be 
responsibility that's financial. So like, I don't want to buy your dinner. But just I don't be wanna, expensive. Yeah, I don't mm. want to pay your bills, right? <laughs> and I don't want to be Holla, a parent. we want prenup. We want prenup. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be a parent because you guys, I just newsflash, oh, kids are real. freaking expensive. So yes. there's that. And maybe they just don't want the obligation of like, I don't want to have to be somewhere at a certain time. Like, I don't want to go to Christmas at your parents' house. So they're more like the leaf on a stream and they kind of just want to do what they do. Exactly. And, okay. Maybe the person is has simply not matured. And we're not saying that in a joking way, Brody. But, <laughs> you know, if you're looking for a 20-year-old besides Becky, who's ready to settle down and get married. Yes. Um, just, you know, brain development-wise, they're not there. And that's okay. And you know what? Here's what I think. Hmm. Here's what I think. Have you ever heard of the term Peter Pan syndrome? Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay, what comes to mind? Besides peanut butter. I mean, to me... Besides peanut... Oh, the peanut... <laughs> When's the last time you heard of what? Peter Pan peanut yeah. butter? Obviously, we know what demographic Fran was in, <laughs> but okay. With your government saltines, <laughs> which I used to stand in line with my grandma and get, and they were delicious. Um, brought to you by Elf. Anyway... Um, when I think of Peter Pan syndrome, it's literally who, somebody who doesn't want to grow up. Right. They don't want the responsibilities of growing up. They don't. They just want to do their thing. Right. It's like the iconic image of non-commitment. Yeah. And by the way, research says, I'm not making this up, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. guys versus girls. No offense, Brody. No, I was waiting for this. I know. Here it goes. Yeah. Girls optimize brain connections earlier than boys. That's shocking. Well, I think that goes back to prefrontal cortex development, right? In girls, it's going to be developed around the age of 23-ish. Boys, around the age of 25-ish. But even earlier, research is saying that okay. they're, devo- they're developing faster. Yes. And a lot of it is because of the way that they're socialized. But boys, oh. therefore, are not quite as mature. And they're trying to catch up, like, for the rest of their lives, Brody, right? <laughs> okay. I will have it known. I think okay. she just slammed the, Brody. Yeah. The, the, all the jokes that are being made here are out of context because I met uh, I met my wife. We dated for roughly nine months. And three of those months... I was in Italy, like I was studying abroad, and I I know this about I know, and then I proposed to her, and then we've been together for uh uh, fifteen years. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to keep track because they've all been so blissful. All of them, yeah, so blissful. Feels like yesterday. So this this concept to me, I guess, is a little bit foreign because I was like, "Yep, this works." Like, oh, oh, let. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I never really feel tied down. I enjoy feeling connected to another person. I enjoy mm-hmm. feeling, and especially as I've gotten older, I enjoy feeling um, responsible to another person. Mm-hmm. But I have others in my life who are definitely not. And, yeah. I, you know, and you kind of do like a, you okay. do you, it's bro. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. But, it's okay unless you don't feel that way. Unless you're the person who really, really right. wants to be settled down and the other person is like, yeah, not so much. Yep. Right. So why don't people commit? Yes, here we're back on the subject again, because maybe they grew up in a home where the parents argued all the time, or there was domestic violence or divorce, and they're just thinking in their head, okay, like, if I have a relationship, it's going to be freaking painful and horrible. Because that's all they've known. Right. They don't want to repeat that. 
Yeah, and you can't blame them. No. Um, child abandonment can also be a factor. Maybe their mom died or maybe their mom left them or their dad left them, whatever, when they were small. And it just, it really does destroy your sense of trust and security. Like mm-hmm. That is such a fundamental thing. And so if those people, especially when you're talking parental figures, can leave you, then why couldn't anybody else? So commitment can be really hard for people who have experienced that. And what do you think about that? Like, let's say there's an individual who loses a, a significant parent, right, mm-hmm. when they're young, like two years old. Mm-hmm. How do you think that could affect them? When they're young, young? I guess I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's. I think it would be incredibly hard because as they get older, they see all of the other kids. Not all, because of course we grow up in a society where families look very different. Mm-hmm. But to never have one of the parents, they would be like, I, I think that would be a, a hole that they would yeah. really, really miss and wonder like, what what am I missing? Mm-hmm. Or it's what significant. could have been? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So lack of commitment warning signs, things to be on the lookout for unwilling to compromise and or doesn't handle getting their own way or not getting their own way. So for example, if they want to go um, to the local pub and hang out on a Saturday night, but you're like, no, let's stay home and Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. Um, they might get super angry and then just basically pout all night because they didn't get their way. I don't want to have sex with you. Exactly. <laughs> Fun story though. That's what Netflix and chill means. <laughs> I do. What that means? It yeah. does. Oh. But here's how I found that out because when <laughs> my girls were little, um, we, we were all together watching Netflix and I took a picture and I literally hashtag Netflix and chill. Oh no. Yeah. Yep. And then they inform me what that means. I didn't know that. Okay. It wasn't somebody who commented and said, Oh, Becky, my sweet summer child. Like, no, that's, uh, we need to have a quick definition of terms here. So that taught me always run crap past your kids before you use it in a hashtag. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm a creeper. Okay. They are selfish AF. So they put their needs and their wants not only before you, but before your relationship and do it consistently. Mm-hmm. And okay, this makes me so sad. Like if you're in a relationship where you got to beg the person, like mm-hmm. we need to spend quality time together. Why are you always hanging out with your other, your friends? And they only show you, I care about you when it's convenient for them or when they want to get laid, right? What does that tell you? So I had to, I was telling Fran about this before <clears throat> we came over to record. We're finishing up Parks and Rec. And we were watching the series finale last night. And for those of you fans, there's Shauna Malway Tweep. Mm-hmm. And um, she's on a bench bawling because her fiance texted her. And he's like, oh, yeah, game's running late. I'll swing by later if I can. And it's their wedding day. <laughs> 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 so she's in her wedding dress and she's just sobbing. Oh, God. That would Poor be fear, fear okay. of commitment. But you then she marries the Sweetums guy, Bobby Sweetums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Five hours later, because he gave her gum. Okay, but you know what? He showed up for the day. But here's the thing. (laughs) That is such an iconic sort of like life-changing image. Like Mm -hmm. if he can't even freaking show up on time for your wedding. Yeah. Okay, what do you think it means when he can't show up for a date? Or he can't be on time? Or he can't ever make a commitment to actually have a date with you? Yeah. Oh, but we're magically going to get married and it's all going to change. Yeah. Right. Or it's like, hey, can we have a date night tonight? We had one two days ago. Mm. Well, maybe we did, Mm -hmm. but could we have another? I don't know. Do we have to? Right. 
Oh, ouch. Yeah, that is an ouch. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's do a Brody quiz, can we? <laughs> yeah, because he put us on the spot. Okay, Crack it up, Fran. Yeah. I don't even know what this is, Brody. Brody, yeah. what are the five love languages? Oh, well, this oh. is a sleeper. Uh, no, it's no, not, though, because I always miss one. Okay. So it's uh, words of affirmation, yeah. physical touch, uh, acts of service, uh, and those are the ones I focus on. And then it is quality time. Yep. Shit, I told you I always miss good. one. You're I know I good. am. I have four out of five. Do you want me just to give and, you no, don't and, help and, the last don't have them let him suffer? And that's why <laughs> you know Meatloaf R.I.P. said two out of three ain't bad. So I think I did pretty good. But uh gifts is the is the last there one. You go. It's Hi, always everybody. the one I forget because it's not uh, it's it not either register. of either of Brian and I. So. so okay, if you get nothing out of this podcast, listen, people. If quality time is your love language, and this individual is making you feel like you have to beg for it, and you feel neglected, run, Joey, run, Joey, run. Remember that song? Do you know oh. this song? Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. He means so much to me. That was like what in 1912. I was thinking more yeah, of like run, Forrest, ah, run. Might be a bit more no, current, is, but that's still 30 this years was old. Like famous when I was a kid. Run, I was Joey, going run. to run, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. Get out the way. <laughs> oh God, is that a song or is that just what how you talk at home? It, no, that is a song. Wow. <laughs> As if Fran yeah. would ever let that fly. Oh, I know. She'd no. just kill you. That's the, that's the one joke I can't make. So Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. So they also might have, going back to, there were signs, problems handling adversity. Adversity can be the stress test, if you will, for commitment, says Dr. Leiden. A person may say they are committed when everything's going great, because that's when it's easy. Right. But will they stick with the relationship when it's tested? And that's why we say for better, for worse, mm-hmm. right, in a lot of marital vows. Mm-hmm. So, for example, do they have a history? of leaving others or jobs when the going gets tough. Mm. Like, just peace out. This has been fun, but I'm out of here. Right. Just not following through with their commitments. Committed people stay with you through the good times and the bad. And in fact, if you're lucky, the couple will actually find that their partner shines when there are really stressful times. And if you can navigate through that, it can really increase your faith and commitment in the relationship because you're like, oh my God, look what we've accomplished. Look mm-hmm. how far we've come. I mean, that's awesome. It needs to be a team. Yeah. And it makes your relationship stronger if you For can do sure. that. Do they have a past history of troubled relationships with lovers, family, and or friends? Maybe there was a lot of drama in their past relationships. Maybe they talk shit about their ex and are still angry after longer than should be expected. Or I want to go on to say they talk shit about their exes. Yeah. And if there's one common complaint with all the exes, there's actually one common denominator, and that is that person. So mm-hmm. Yes. And how many times, I don't, wouldn't do it now, but like when I was younger, mm-hmm. whatever that person did, you'd be like... I don't think you consciously thought it, but it's like if they lost their temper or talked shit about somebody else, you're thinking maybe subconsciously, they would never do that to me. Oh, I think a lot of people think that. You know what I mean? I can help them with that. Yes. I will help them get through that. Right. Run. Joey, run. Oh, my God. I'm like, sorry, you guys. (laughs) I'm not going to say that anymore. You know what makes me really happy? (laughs) You know what it does? Is when... Brody just shakes his head in disgust. I'm, <laughs> we have I, no idea what you're saying. Now, Marie will. 
hey mom, enjoy these tunes. Okay. My 82 year old mother, enjoy these tunes. Brought to you by Fran. Okay, a request here, all the way from Chicago. My mom's gonna be like, we cut a rug to that at nursing school. <laughs> Oh my God, Brody! Right now, I want you to look up the song "Run, Joey, Run." You have yeah. to do it, God. Daddy. Please don't. It wasn't his fault. Okay, oh, so man. if you promise not to sing it anymore, oh, I don't know. Can... I'm kind of getting into it, but anyway. <laughs> okay, so another reason is that they are often distracted. So the person who's distracted could indicate a lack of commitment, according to Doctor Levin. Example, they might not want to have physical or sexual contact. They okay. Don't, okay, we need to, we need to back We're going to come back to the distracted. Yeah, because okay. these, these lyrics are just I know, it's about like awful. the dad wants to shoot the husband, yes. the boyfriend. Yes. Wait, me, to... Okay, here we go. Oh my gosh. I can't help it. It's stuck I'm in my sorry, head. sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. Season three's devolved. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of control. <laughs> oh, here it goes. Is this the one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it's not corny at all. Yes, get down, everybody. We're gonna get married. Just to wait and see. Oh, Lord. Again, I feel like I should apologize to our listeners. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me just check the date on that. Oh, God. Uh, please do. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, listen yeah. to it's, her. It's by David Geddes. I don't know if he's related to Ann Geddes. He's probably of, dead now. Of, of baby photo fame, yeah. baby and pumpkin baby. fame. I think it was just going to say baby and a pumpkin. Oh, that is 2005. So. <gasps> see? Wow. So, see. That is. You are very alt because I've never huh. heard of that. Yep. that oh, it's on Yacht Rock 100. So oh, that's probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yacht Rock. What the hell is yacht that? Rock? Is that like- yacht Rock. What it's, is that? It's rock that you play in your yacht, obviously. Oh, duh. <laughs> oh, well, I haven't gotten that's to my yacht That's why Fran knows lately. it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Her right. sheep yacht. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yacht the sheep built. Yes. Oh, Brody, you and I are seriously on the same page today. Okay, let's go back to the distracted now that we're back. Not that we're distracted at all. Like, for example, if you want to have sex with them and they play daddy, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) So disturbing. Oh, no. We need a separate trigger warning at the beginning of this. I really need a break right now. That might be a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. No more wine for her. All right, that's it. Okay. They, okay. By the way, you guys, half a glass. That's all it took. I'm regrouping. Okay. (laughs) An example might be they avoid physical and sexual contact. They don't like making plans in advance. And they seem emotionally withdrawn. Or like they're just kind of going through the motions. Mm. And you know what I see a lot? And I hear this in therapy a lot. I really love my spouse. They're always on their damn phones. And that's the distraction. Yep. Yeah. Get rid of the damn phone. Right. Or at least for an hour or two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Becky. Why is the Northern State University graduate program in counseling so awesome? I could go on forever, but let's talk about the fact that you can get a clinical degree where you can work in private practice or an agency, Mm -hmm. where you can get a school counseling degree on the school track where you can work in a school as private, private school, parochial school, public school, any school you want to. And then my favorite. What? 
forensic counseling. Super cool. But is it K-CREP approved? It is K-CREP approved. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what? It means that it has the gold standard of grad schools. Super awesome. But can I afford it? Because I don't have a lot of money. It's okay. If you go to northern.edu, you can um, apply for some scholarships. They have a couple of counseling-specific scholarships in addition to some other really fantastic scholarships that a guidance counselor or a admissions counselor can help you with. Awesome. Be Northern. Unleash your potential, baby. Oh. So what can you do if your partner won't commit? They just won't do it. Be willing to start a conversation with them and be like, hey, I've noticed that you seem really distracted and really don't seem that into our relationship. I can't say this with a straight face. I would really appreciate you being honest with me about how you're feeling and what you want out of this relationship. But... But, but don't ask the freaking question if you can't handle the answer. Mm-hmm. It is never a good idea to try to convince someone into feeling differently. And again, we've talked about this in previous episodes about relationships. You know, I hear and I do hear this more from women and men than men. He tells me blah, 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 blah. And he tells me blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. I'm glad he tells you these things. Mm-hmm. What does he show you? Right. Where is he putting his time? Because actions talk louder. Yes. And so again, actions speak volumes. Mm-hmm. Volumes, I tell volumes. you. Volumes. And if you're unable, let's say he mm-hmm. won't talk about it or she won't talk about it, or you have the conversation <clears throat> and it's always ending up in a big hoo-ha, a big fight, suggest couples counseling. And guess what the next answer I hear in therapy is? When I say, hey, did you suggest couples counseling? What do they say? We don't need that. Right. Exactly. We mm-hmm. can figure this out on, there, we don't on need our to, own. We don't need to bring a stranger into our relationship. I right. hear that one all the time. Mm-hmm. So what I say is, if they won't go, you can go. For sure. Right? Yep. You can keep going. You can keep growing. Whatever. And yeah. shouldn't that be a signal if they don't want to put emotional energy into yeah. making your relationship better? And then I love it. Then the partner will say, well, you can't go talk about a relationship if I'm not there. Oh, no. Yep. Person absolutely can. Yeah. You're welcome to come with if they're if you're invited. I love that. Mm-hmm. Source, Amanda Gardner. Thanks, Amanda. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up as a discussion topic. Mm-hmm. Brody, what do you think is a good idea? Do you think you should give someone an ultimatum? Like if they will not commit to you, what do you think about ultimatums in general? So I, I was just thinking about this. I if if I were like there's this guy on TikTok who I followed for a long time and then now he like moved in with his girlfriend and then she wrote on the on the fridge, like five days until proposal. And he's like, what is this? Whoa. And yeah, wow. I know. And, but they make it very public. And, uh, it's just, I, I don't, I don't know because on once on, on the one hand, it, it's all about needs, right? Mm-hmm. I, if, if I need commitment from you and I know that I've certainly been guilty of Brian will say, I need this or I need it to be done. And I certainly intend to do it or in the moment say, yes, I, yes, I can do that. Yeah. And then I don't, or maybe I never wanted to after some thinking about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't want to dress up like a little girl, but that's what she would, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but it's. <laughs> So oh I, I don't know, because it's it's also like you need to respect both people's boundaries. Right. And if the one person without 
who can't commit that that's that's their boundary i cannot do this for whatever reason i don't feel safe or uh mm-hmm. or i i just can't or whatever i mean it is their responsibility to figure that out and and go through it um ultimatums certainly don't help it puts a period at the end of that sentence mm-hmm. and and that is hard to come back from yeah but so i i i don't know i i don't personally care for ultimatums i think we all live in a world of gray Mm-hmm. And that yeah. puts it into uh, too much of a black and white. Okay, unfortunately, we don't all live in a world of gray, Brody. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think there's times when they're good. I really do. You do. I want to oh, hear that. Absolutely. Tell me why. Um, I th- like if we're talking just pure commitment. Mm-hmm. If you've been dating for 12 years mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, you know, marriage means a lot to me. Um, it is really important to me. And so, if we're not able to find a way to compromise on that and work towards being married for whatever reason, then I'm going to give it until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have to move on to find somebody who also values mm-hmm. that. And then you can find somebody who, mm-hmm. you know, has the same values as you. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you should just wait around for 70 years. Yeah. Um, the other time I think it's good, it quite honestly, is in terms of addiction. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a spouse who's addicted to um, gambling or porn or alcohol or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to say you have and give them a reasonable amount of time to find out about treatment, get into treatment, or I'm going to have to leave mm-hmm. because I'm not going to live with this addiction anymore. Right. Now, I'm not saying you have to give those ultimatums, but right. those are times when I would support mm-hmm. an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad we talked about that. I mean... And I don't know, I guess I, nothing in my world is black or white, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've seen situations where a couple of clients did, and I have to say, they were both women. They mm-hmm. gave them an ultimatums. In both cases, they were like, either we get married or I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. In both cases, the men gave in. And in both cases, they ended up divorced. Right. So I'm not, I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, watch our language, friend, gave in. But then the following, yeah, <laughs> the second yeah. half of that sentence proved that yeah, out. Yeah, so. because I think they wanted to be committed. You know, I think they, you know, wanted, they wanted to make, They love this person. Yes. They want to make them happy. But it just wasn't their But they jam. don't want to be married. No, they're yeah. not, they weren't comfortable with it. They tried. They gave it the old college try. Yeah. It just did not work out. And in out. my world, my fantasy world um, in Becky land, where we give that ultimatum, it's when we're also having that really honest discussion mm-hmm. about what's holding you back, what are your fears, you know, what are you truly feeling? And sometimes that can just be really challenging right. for people to acknowledge or even know right? and then acknowledge. So, well, let's talk about gamophobia. Let's do People who have gamophobia have such intense fear of commitment. So this is way intense. Mm -hmm. They often find it impossible to have long-term relationships. They might be unable to form lasting intimate relationships. They might experience extreme anxiety when they're in a relationship and they're always worrying, like, when is the relationship going to end? Because it's going to. Yeah. That's what they think. Right. Yeah. They might feel anxiety when they see a happily committed couple. And they might also be, I would guess... um, um, skeptical, mm-hmm. like nobody's really happy. Like you can't be happily married. Cynical. Yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. They push people away or they end relationships abruptly. So they're like sabotaging the relationship because it, it probably gives them relief yeah. in a way, really. Yeah. So we're talking about here, people, legit phobia. This right. is legit phobia. Because if you expect somebody to leave you and then you act in a way that nobody would want to stay with you and then they eventually leave you in a sick way, you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I knew they were going to leave. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, you were intolerable. And that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The only thing that matters is I knew they were going to leave. Right. Right. 
It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're creating, basically. So what is actually a phobia? I don't know. You know what? We're gonna I don't have one of sharks. You don't no, I do. Oh my god. Ah, you had to say that that even worse. Is that yours? I'm scared to death of sharks. Sharks too. I mean, I think that's just rational. Uh, There's zero reason to go in the ocean. Yeah. I think there's everything in there is trying to kill you. They really do. It's their playground, man. Yeah. We're just. Now, the unfortunate part is how much I love the ocean. (laughs) So it creates a great deal of anxiety for me. Do you want to hear something sick? This is sick, you guys. Okay, the last time I was actually in the ocean, because I'm terrified of sharks, thanks to my mother sending me to Jaws when I was eight. But anyway. Me too. Yes, my my brother, that's you, Larry. Remember, you made me watch it on <gasps> HBO. Oh my God, I was mm-hmm. with Jan the babysitter who thought it was a good idea. But anyway, okay, so terrified. But I'm in Hawaii with my adult child and we're playing like this little football game. And I thought, okay, there's lots of people in the ocean with me and they're further deeper than I am. Cause it was, there was a lot of people and mm-hmm. I thought, well, they'll probably get eaten before I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll oh have a chance gosh. to swim my old ass back to shore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did I just say that out loud? You did. Okay. Don't disrespect. Don't judge. You know what, you know what mine is? What? It's crustaceans. Really? Scared of crustaceans? So we're talking shrimp, but we're especially talking large uh, crab, like king crab and stuff. So here's really? here's the story. And I, okay. I tend to. Can you up, eat them? No. Oh, no. You can't they're eat delicious. Them? No. I, but they're for, bad. First off, I've watched too many sci fi movies. Like they're going to come back out. Like oh, I, no, okay. there's too many legs. I can't do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was probably 15, and my aunt lived in Alaska during the time. She sent my mom some overnight king crab for her birthday or something. Oh, sweet. And yeah, you'd think so. But I, I she opened the box and I looked at it. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to nope out of this. So <laughs> I went and sat. I'm like, I'm, I'm physically, I can feel it still. We just Ew. talked about this last night. Oh, when my I was God. Oh, no. She, I said, I can't do this. Like, it freaks me out. I go and sit down and I feel a tap on my shoulder. <gasps> And it's my mom, my loving mother, no. who I love very much, tapping me on the shoulder with this king crab leg. <laughs> and I about, I lose my shit and I can't. Oh, no. And, oh, no. and then I married a woman whose dad's favorite restaurant is fucking Red Lobster. Oh. And so now we have to go there. Every time we go to Sioux Falls, we go to goddamn Red Lobster and I order the terrible cheeseburger and watch them eat all the, I can't, I can't. Well, for what it. it's worth. None of the seafood at Red Lobster. <laughs> I know that's the worst part. <laughs> if we're gonna go there, it's good. Then power to you. <laughs> but right. it's Red Lobster, so, so you wouldn't just... go to Joe's Crab Shack. Nope. How not? Oh, wow. I, I would. I would go for the people that I love, but I am ordering the obligatory cheeseburger that they have on the menu yeah. for the people who that's don't. been in the back of the freezer and has got frosting. Yep, yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> freezer burn. All right, and eat now it and be uncomfortable the whole time. The listeners know why you're totally about top of the tater because that's your alternative. That's that's right. It's not in the ocean. No. Nope. nope. I know exactly where it came exactly. from. Wow. Oh my <sighs> God. All right. What is a phobia? A phobia is a very common type of anxiety disorder. They cause you to have extreme thoughts or fears about things that are aren't truly harmful. Now, wait a minute. About things that aren't so truly harmful. My other one is snakes. Okay. I'm scared shitless of snakes. I've gotten a lot better because um, I used to work with people that had phobia. So I'm mm-hmm. like, if I gotta walk the walk, right? And we had a cabin out at Big Stone. This was years ago. And um, we'd go out there and the grass would be high because it's been a week or so. And 
snakes everywhere. And I would literally just scan the ground until I got from the garage to the, we had to walk, it was outside garage. We had to walk all the way around to our 1970s single wide trailer. And, um, and I just scanned for snakes can, and I thought this has to stop. Okay. They can't really hurt you. They're garter snakes. They can't really hurt Those you. Ones oh, yeah, but sharks right. can really hurt you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why that's legit. But when they say not truly harmful, so clowns, right? The number one phobia is phobia of clowns. Um, clowns can't really hurt you. I mean, yes, the one in it can, but most clowns can't hurt yeah, you. Yeah, but what about snakes on a plane? <laughs> that was like I an Oscar-nominated movie. I watched it? the no, opening. It was not. <laughs> You know, it was it was not Oscar nominated, but it, you know, Samuel L. Jackson said, "I'll do." It was called like Flight One Thirty Seven or something. He goes, "No, I will only do this movie if you call it Snakes on a Plane." And then, and I watched out. like the first eight minutes, and then yeah. I looked at Jim and said, "Out, hard uh-huh, pass." No. Yep, not doing it. Okay. So, who's at risk for gamophobia? Who is people with personality disorders, like borderline personality disorder, may avoid commitment due to intense fear of being abandoned or rejected, which would be um, one of the. Um, okay, hang on. Yeah. So. I mean, I like to think that I have a logical explanation for having a slight phobia for crustaceans, but, and obviously Becky, with your father being a shark and snake wrangler, you yes. know, you have traumatic experiences from your upbringing. It was literally Jaws that did it for me with yeah. sharks. So it, do you, is there a trigger always for a phobia putting you again no, on the spot? snakes I've always been scared of. That's been my well, whole Well, so I'm saying if we're talking yeah. about the causes of gamma phobia, like, is there a trigger for those or a, a, an event that has to happen or? Or can somebody just kind of be predisposed to it? No, I mean, we talked about some of the things that could lead up to it. You Mm -hmm. know, if you have a traumatic childhood and those kinds of things. But really, one of the triggers is, and we're just actually, that's their next point, is a family history of any kind of phobias, Mm -hmm. right? So that just sets you up for having phobias in general. Mm -hmm. That might just be the way it shakes out for you. So there's a history of anxiety in your family? There you go. And then some people um, who are designated female at birth tend to develop specific phobias more than those designated male. But I do want to point out that's in general. That's not gamma phobia. Right. Those are phobias in general. Um, Females tend to have about twice the rate. Mm -hmm. So why does someone fear commitment? Well, here is a, a reframe. Gamma phobia can actually be a protective response, especially if you had past traumatic experience. So it's kind of your way, maybe your subconscious way of protecting you. Like if you had a really, you grew up in a home where there was intense domestic violence, Mm -hmm. it's your way of protecting you and not allowing you to ever be in a relationship that could result in something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and some potential causes of gamma phobia might be parental discord. So, go again, going back to it was always fighting and arguing between your parents or previous heartbreaks. Let's say somebody cheated on you, or they mm-hmm. just suddenly divorced you, or it was a really bad breakup. Right? That can prevent you from saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm not doing this again." Over time, this choice, like I'm not going to be in a committed relationship, can result in a legitimate fear. I agree. Fear of missing out. And I do see this one, especially in people who are in their like 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to miss out on by being committed to the wrong person or being committed to one person and not being available if the truly right person comes along? You're so mate. Yeah. Gotta sow my wild oats. Yeah. Yeah. I really think we have more than one soulmate. What do you think? Like, I don't think there's just one. No, I don't. And I don't think it has to be like. (laughs) That's not a soulmate. Yeah. No. No, 
No, you can have more than one soulmate. What? Yes, you can. It's like you can have more than one best friend. Every seven-year-old knows that you can't have that. You can. Totally can. You totally can. Where have you been living? Under a rock. I am a non-soulmate person. You're a non-soulmate person? What does that mean? I don't believe in soulmates. Really? Okay. I do. I think you found the person that you found, and that's great. And you work well together, and you are destined. I don't know. That's a lot Mm -hmm. of pressure for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, good. What's wrong with my fear of commitment? (laughs) I have to believe this. All right. Okay. Yes, Brody. (laughs) All right. It could be because of cultural or religious pressures. So, for example, if you grow up in a culture where there are arranged marriages, which basically means your parents are setting you up and it's not based on love, it's not based on hot sex, right? You may be afraid to fully commit because you're thinking, hey, I did not choose this person, mm-hmm. right? Or let's say you're LGBTQ and you fear plus. if I marry, yeah, plus, mm-hmm. and if I marry this person, then I'm going to be looked down upon with my religion, mm-hmm. judged upon harshly because society, it, yep, society opposes mm-hmm. this union. Yeah. Or it may not last because it could be abolished. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, I went there. Okay. Um, what are gamophobia <laughs> symptoms? <laughs> if you have gamophobia, you may experience these physical symptoms. So this is a serious thing, you guys. When you think about making a commitment to another person, you might get chills. Dizziness. Multiplying. Okay, not, we have to shout oh, out. Sorry, yes. Olivia Newton-John, you guys. She's amazing. Oh, I'm so sad. RIP. Okay. Chills, dizziness, lightheadedness. Excessive sweating. Heart, <laughs> I do that all the time. Heart palpitations. Nausea, shortness of breath. Trembling or shaking and upset stomach or indigestion. These are legitimate physical commitment symptoms. commitment gives you the shits, you <laughs> might have fear of commitment. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. So how do we diagnose it? Well, there is no specific test. Your provider will ask you about your symptoms, your mental health history, and whether you have other phobias. And they may refer you to a mental health professional who specializes in phobias and anxiety disorders. And just so you know, listeners, they may not do that. If you're going to a general practitioner and you're reporting somewhat of this stuff, maybe they won't connect the dots. We want you to connect the dots. So what we're saying is, if you're no Noticing these symptoms in yourself, you need to specify these for your provider. Because mm-hmm. honestly, did you know about gamophobia before I did this podcast? I did not. I did not. No, knew about fear of commitment, but didn't know what it was called. Okay, so you might need to bring this information to your provider and be like, yeah, I have an issue with this. Dear doctor, yes. I was listening to a podcast. Yes, a highly reputable, it. entertaining they podcast. They love it when you say that, by the way. Absolutely. They're like highly credible, right? There's a new WebMD. (laughs) I looked up my symptoms on WebMD. Oh my gosh. So how do you address your fear of commitment? So if you came to us in therapy, Becky and I anyway would probably do cognitive behavioral therapy because that's what we do. And we would be asking you, like, let's look at your underlying thoughts. Like, what are your fears about commitment? Why do you feel this way? What are your experiences with it? What are the causes that are leading you to fear commitment? And then we might help you with you and your partner. Let's learn how to communicate about this. So you are talking about it honestly and openly. You may also be required to do, here's a word, systematic desensitization therapy. You go, girl. I know it. And basically, this is a type of exposure therapy. So let me give you an example. Let's pretend that Brody was terrified of shaving his beard off. Should we pretend that? We should pretend he's terrified of crustaceans. <laughs> oh, we should. Because he really is, yeah. Let's do that. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so he's scared of crustaceans. Yeah. So maybe step one would be, okay, we're going to teach him to do deep breathing. So he's yeah. highly relaxed and he knows how to do that. He's Are got you going a- into my total next category here? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let's wait till we get there. <laughs> it's Fran's world. Okay. Yeah. No, go ahead. You're no. doing it perfectly. Okay. So he's scared of that. So, you know, remember those little beanie babies? Yeah. Okay. So they had, let's say they had a crab beanie baby. Yeah. Okay. So he's totally relaxed. Have you ever done exposure therapy with someone? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So you're totally relaxed. And on a Mm -hmm. scale from zero to 10, zero means I have no anxiety. 10 means I'm ready to have a stroke. We do your deep breathing. (laughs) And now you are like in the four range. You're chill. And I say, Brody, here's this little stuffy little beanie baby crab. And I say, I want you to just hold that on your lap for a little bit. We're going to keep doing your deep breathing. And then we get him to a place where he's Mm -hmm. comfortable holding the crab, beanie Mm -hmm. baby, while he's deep breathing. Yeah. Then we might look at pictures of real crabs. Yeah. And then we eventually make it to Red Lobster. (laughs) That is always the destination. That is the destination. Red Lobster. Yes. It's a long process for some people. How does one do that, though, with commitment? Because it seems like the person sitting next to you is the exposure therapy of like, uh, tick tock. When are we going to when are we going to do this? That is a great question. So Mm -hmm. what I would do with somebody is I would say, let's talk about the different aspects of commitment and let's list the ones that give you anxiety and let's rank them. What gives you the most amount of anxiety, the next, the next, the next, and then what is the least amount of anxiety? And then we're going to do exposure therapy of whatever that is, starting with the one that gives you the least anxiety so you can build up um, confidence in yourself and like, okay, I can do this Mm -hmm. until, you know, maybe you have to walk into riddles (laughs) and Mm -hmm. look at rings and then you're like, oh, hell no. (laughs) You shit yourself and run out. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Run, Joey. (laughs) When am I going to learn? Oh, my gosh. 2005, that was a big setback for you and me. It really uh, was. Becky, I, was. I really expected it to be the 1942 seminal yeah. hit. <laughs> run, Joey, run. Oh, jeepers. Okay, so basically, what does exposure therapy teach you, Becky? Well, we just we just went over that, Fran. It literally, it just gently exposes you gradually over time, right. along with techniques in how to calm yourself. Okay. And it is something, I mean, some therapists actually do it in vivo where they're actually going to, let's say, for example, you're terrified of going into school, like Mm -hmm. some of my teenagers are. Some therapists will actually like drive you to school. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I've done agoraphobia. I've worked with people with agoraphobia where we have. Which is? Mm -hmm. Agoraphobia is a fear of wide open places. Um, Basically what it is, is they don't like to leave home because they don't know if they have a panic attack, what they're going to do if they're out in public. And so we'll sit, I mean, I've sat with people in my car, in the parking lot mm-hmm. of a grocery store, and then we might walk into where like you walk into the first doors and there's the carts mm-hmm. and we do our, and then we leave. And then a couple weeks later we walk in and we maybe just walk through the first few aisles and then we leave. And then we get to the point where they're in the store, but I'm in the car. Right. Yeah. And then they report back to me that they went to the store and it was good. Mm-hmm. But you can recruit as a therapist family members Absolutely. that will basically kind of be your surrogate therapist yep. to do these little outings with yep. them. So, yeah. You sure can. So what are the complications of gamma phobia? They are constantly, unfortunately, pushing people away that they love and they're running away from relationships. And this can, in the end, affect their physical and mental health. Mm -hmm. So they may eventually experience depression, suicidal ideation. 
If you're male, you could have erectile dysfunction because sex could lead to commitment, and that could be a mood killer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Anxiety and panic disorder. And substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. So what we would like the listeners to know is that there is a time you should probably call a healthcare provider, and this is if you are experiencing a full-blown panic attack, Mm -hmm. which can mimic, like we've talked about in previous episodes, a heart attack. Yeah. You know, or if your anxiety is persistent and it interferes with your day to day living or sleeping, um, or if you have signs of depression or substance use problems. Um, and as we've said in previous episodes, we'd rather have you reach out too soon than too late. Mm-hmm. So th- don't tell yourself, oh, it's not that big of a deal. If it's causing you discomfort, reach out. Right. The source of this, Cleveland Clinic. And we'd like to say that we are the shrinks. And that's a wrap.